This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Soon, give it another week, you'll be ready. So, um, in Isaiah 53, you, ha- you have your notes there. and uh, I've got scriptures there, not in your notes. I t- I'll just, I'm on, like I said, go fast. He is despised, speaking of Jesus, of course. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. Notice it's our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. You know, Jesus didn't suffer for his sins. He didn't have any. He suffered for our sins. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. It was our sins that he suffered for, that he paid the price for. Verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Now, the the Jews, for thousands of years, they would have a sin offering, and they would take uh, an animal, and the priest would confess all the sins of the people onto that animal, and then that animal was sacrificed. That animal gave its life as the judgment of God for sin. And... The animal got what every person deserved. The animal got it. Now, we did not receive or they did not receive forgiveness from sins because of that animal being sacrificed. What they received was God being appeased. He was able to turn his head from judgment because of that animal being sacrificed. It pointed towards the cross where the real sacrifice took place. See, Jesus is the real thing. He's the real sacrifice. He isn't a a shadow. He isn't a, a type. He is it. And what happened is Jesus took God the Father, laid on him the sins of the world, or we could say that God confessed over him the sins of the world And he had to take the judgment for that, and he was put to death. Do you see the picture? He is the real deal. Now, in communion, we're looking back at the sacrifice at the cross. In the Old Testament, the sacrifices, they looked towards the cross, where the real sacrifice would be. We look back, communion is looking at the sacrifice of Jesus at the cross. So communion is a place or a point of contact with your covenant. It is a place of contact, a supernatural blessing in your life. Every time that you partake of the communion elements, it's to be a blessing to you because you remember. We talked about faith is remembering. 
Faith is remembering what Jesus did. Faith is remembering that the price has been paid in full and Jesus Christ took your sins, took your imperfections, took every place that you missed it, every place that you've blown it. He took it for you. He was punished for you. He took the judgment of God for you. So this thing about communion, people being afraid to take it or I have to be without sin in my life is not the truth. Because Jesus took our judgment. It said that he became the propitiation of our sins. Or he was the satisfying totally, completely of the wrath of God. That's good news. So when we take communion, we don't have to be afraid of God's judgment on us. And, and that's what we've been uh, looking at some. And I'll get to it in just a minute. It says, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. What's that blood signify? The blood signifies a death or a judgment. See, when you lift up the cup, that element of communion, it should speak to you of judgment of God, satisfied in Jesus Christ, a covenant between God and the Father, and Jesus Christ, the Son. And when I believe in Jesus, I'm placed in Christ, and therefore I'm in covenant with God, and I have the same standing, the same position that Jesus took when he conquered death and hell and was raised again, raised up from the dead, seated again in heavenly places at the right hand of God the Father. That's my standing. That's my position because of the cross. And every time that I remember that, the peace of God comes on my life. Every time that I remember that, God's power and peace overwhelms my being. We need to remember. But, you know, we're so busy in this lifetime and in our day, we're busy going here and there that we don't have a whole lot of time to remember. So God said, I'm going to make this communion Supper, this communion table, the Lord's Supper, to help us remember. Everybody say, I remember. I remember. Isaiah 53, 6, the next verse. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Romans 5, 9, that's hidden in your notes. Much more than having now been justified... By his blood, we are saved from the wrath through him. We're saved from the wrath of God through Jesus Christ. It's good news, gospel. It's good news. Because one took our place. He suffered the wrath that we deserved. He took the punishment that we should have had. The chastisement for our lack of peace was upon him. Now, the word chastisement here is not the same word that we talked about in Hebrews 12, 6, that whom the Lord loves, he chastens. This one here in Isaiah is talking about he took the full weight of punishment and judgment. But see, in Hebrews 12, 6, where it says those that he loves, he treats like a son. It's a father Judging the son, how's it come? It comes in training, it comes in teaching, 
It comes in following the right direction. It comes in correction. That's the chastening or the judgment that we get in the body of Christ. That's the judgment that you'll see. Now, if you're like me, you've had many spankings from the Lord. Many. And we saw that that suffering, that it's no fun at the time, but it creates fruit in us. See, the judgment of the Lord in believer's life is not to destroy you, but to bring fruit production. <laughs> He's looking for fruit in your life. 1 John 4, 18 says, We need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows us that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. So you see, our love for him comes as a result of his loving us first. So when you take communion, we don't take it in some kind of fear that God's judgment is going to come upon us because there's some sin or something in our life. Do you realize if God did that, that we would be church of the crispy critters? <laughs> Do you not realize that? Have you come to a place in your life that you realize you will never arrive until you see him face to face, that you're still in process. I told you when I was a younger Christian and I'd overcome a hurdle and I thought I had arrived. Had a couple good weeks. Man, I was on top of this. This Christian life is a piece of cake, baby. We got it. And then the Lord showed me something else. And then it happened again. They showed me something else. And I finally figured out, this is a process. This is a journey. <laughs> this is a, a relationship with him. And he's working on me. And I'm listening to him. And there's this process going on. So when you come and you take communion, I guarantee you there's something in your life that's not a faith. There's some kind of place, area you haven't walked in love in. It's where he puts the spotlight on. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. It's cleansing you, those things you don't know you're doing. <laughs> but you're doing them. Not me, Pastor. You're doing it now. <laughs> you're doing it right now. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. It says, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. This sounds so bad. But it's not talking about you're unworthy. It says you take it in an unworthy way. Because every believer has been made accepted in the beloved, has been made worthy. Every believer can take the communion elements is a worthy person because Jesus has made him worthy. He has made us righteous. And that's because of what he did at the cross.
but it says you can take it in an unworthy way and judgment's coming. Anybody, you know, been fearful of this verse? Or maybe you or judgment. I'm not so sure if I want to take communion. There might be something there. You know, I did kick the dog this morning. I'm not taking communion. I'm passing on this blessing. You know, I had a wrong thought the other day, and I don't think I repented of that thing. Oh, my goodness. I'm not taking communion. Somebody got my seat in church. I'm not taking communion this morning. That's not what God had in mind. He wants us to partake, to remember. So what's this unworthy, this unworthy manner? Well, it says, whatever this is, for this reason many are weak, sick among you, and many sleep. Whatever this unworthy manner, it can affect you, it can cause you to be weak, sick, and premature death. So it must be important that we take it the, the right way because it can uh, affect you. You can be a weak Christian. You can be sick. You can have premature death. You can have death working in you instead of life. Next verse. But here's the opposite way. What if you took it in, the, in a right way? You could be strong, healthy, and full of life. What a blessing. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. How many would rather judge themselves than be judged? What it says here, we need to judge ourselves. If we'll do that, we'll not be judged. But when we are judged, if you don't judge yourself... When you are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. What's that? You're chastened. This is what's going to happen to you. Father's coming. He's coming to teach you and train you. To bring some correction. To get you going in the right direction. That's the judgment that comes on you when you take it in an unworthy way. And then when you study in Hebrews about the chastening of the Lord, it's for your good. It's for your benefit. It's a blessing. But see, if you choose not to take the chastening of the Lord, not to turn weak, sick, premature death. He wants to treat us like His children. Because we are His children. Well, Pastor, what about unbeliever that takes communion? They should never touch it. No. It's not true. Judgment is already taken by Jesus Christ for sins. What happens to the unbeliever? Oh my goodness, unbelievers in their midst. It looks like they're going to take communion. Oh God, let me get out of the way, the lightning. It's a lightning bolt. I saw them. They, they, they drank and they ate and nothing happened. I say, good. Take it. Why? It might do something to them. They start thinking. I say, take it. 
a pastor, I shouldn't take communion. I got sin in my life. Could take it. Because I know if it doesn't affect you and you don't remember, I know Papa's coming and he's going to chase you. It's okay. It's okay. Take communion. Please take communion. Communion is a blessing. How many want health, prosperity? All that's wrapped up in communion. It's our covenant. It's a place to release faith. It's a place to receive. A believer made worthy by Jesus' blood can take communion in an unworthy way. And what happens to them? They miss the benefits. They miss the benefits. You miss the grace flow. You miss the benefits of your covenant. The Bible says you can walk as a mere man. Or you can walk as one that doesn't have a covenant with God. But see, we're called to be different. We're called to stand down. We're called not to be like the crowd. We're called to walk like we have a God. And we're in covenant with Him. So every time that you take communion, you need to discern the Lord's body. What were they doing in Corinthian church? It said that they were in strife, envy, and division. And that's a violation of the body of Christ. It didn't say that you lack discerning the blood. You're already in the family here. It's talking to believers. You didn't discern the Lord's body. The Lord's body. And we saw that that went in, even into the emotional realm. That he took those stripes for your emotions. For strife and division and envy. He took, by those stripes, he took your strife. He took your brokenness. He took, he said, take eat, this is my body broken for you where you can be one. There might be strife in your office, but it doesn't have to be strife in you. You have peace because he purchased and bought for your peace the chastisement of your lack of peace was purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ he took your mistreatment he took your betrayal he took rejection he took shame he took guilt he took your sins he took everything that the enemy could unload against you in the form of a curse. He took it for you. And I can apply those stripes, the stripes of Jesus, and say, Jesus, touch my emotions because I want to give this person over here a piece of my mind, not your mind. Touch my emotions. By the stripes of Jesus, I receive. And he starts working on my emotions and starts changing my emotions. So stripes go deeper than just the physical healing. That, that bruising goes in under the skin into the heart issues. And he said this strife, this division, this envy that you have is causing you to take of the table in an unworthy way. Because it's a violation of what Jesus did on the cross. He was broken where we could be made whole. You ever ran into someone who says, God is breaking me. He's crushing me. Anybody ever? Raise your hand if that. Okay, good. I'm not. God is, what's going on with you? I can't pay my bills. 
The kids are acting up. My marriage is a shamble. God is crushing me and conforming me into his image. God is not breaking you. God is putting you together. He bore your brokenness where you could be whole. He's a good father. You crush your kids and you're going to jail. He's a better father than any earthly father. He's a better God than that. He chastens us, not for destruction. But he wants good things, benefits in our lives. And we saw in 1 Peter 2.18, I'm just... Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh, the unreasonable, for this is commendable, and we saw that brings grace. Because of consciousness towards God, one endures grief, suffering, wrongfully, suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, you take it, you take it patiently, this is commendable. You will find grace. Before God. For this, to this you were called. Say, I'm called to this. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile back in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He did not threaten back, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. When you do right, the righteous thing, even in the wrong, when you've been wronged or in the wrong situation, you do the righteous thing, God, your Father, judges that situation. And guess what? You win. You come out the head in that situation. It may not look like it for a while, but you win. No deceit was found in his mouth. You know one of the hardest things to do is keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth shut. My mama used to say, if you can't say something good out of that mouth, just keep it shut. There's some wisdom there. So we see here the servants or employees, if you're working for somebody or someone in authority, you're to be submitted to them. You're to honor, you're to walk in a way that brings value and consideration to them. But you're take it, you can go to a grievous board, you can go uh, take up your cause with other people, but the one you really need to go to is God. Go to Him. Let Him get in on the situation. Matthew 5.10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Part of your calling as a believer is to suffer for being a Christian. We don't hear this preached a whole lot. I think I know why. <laughs> that wouldn't make a great book title, Suffering for Jesus. Not in the top ten bestsellers. Because when you look at the Word, it says you can't hold a grudge. You're to not uh, walk in unforgiveness. You're to forgive. And when I discern the Lord's body, I look at the cross, and I think what he did for me, how can I hold anything against anyone else? 
So, well, pastor, you don't understand. They don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. Unconditionally, you've got to forgive them. You've got to extend grace to them. Now, I don't say put yourself in a position to be hurt again. There's people that I've forgiven that I don't hang around. Amen. You don't put yourself in a position to be hurt again, but you extend to them the same grace that was extended to you, and that's to forgive, to let it go. So when you do that, when you let go of the strife, when you put the stripes of Jesus to that in your life, you know what happens? Healing happens. Paul, he was answering the question. He said, this is the reason you have people who are weak, sick, people are dying prematurely. He said, because there's strife, there's division, there's envy. You're not discerning the Lord's body. So what we need to do this morning is discern the Lord's body. And you can look up these uh, other scriptures. The, it says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body and tree, that we, being, uh, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So the stripes of Jesus really have to do with living a righteous life here. God didn't want you, if, if it was his design, as soon as you got saved, he would take you out of here. But he wants you here because he loves people who don't know him. And you are the vehicle, you're the messenger, you're the one that carries the salt and the light, you're the one that carries the good news to them, and if they come against you, and they're in strife with you, and you respond just like them, You've lost your voice. You can't influence them. Your ministry is lost to them. Unless, of course, you go to them and ask, you, ask them to forgive you. That's what he's looking at. He wants to reach people. He's in love with people. And we're the people that he uses to reach them. Not perfect people. There's people you have to go back to and say, look, I blew it. But that will minister to them. When you go back and say that to them. So we can deal with all the relational issues with the stripes of Jesus. We got to pick up our cross. And then in, in 1 Peter 3, it, it talks about wives. Likewise, be submissive to your own husband. Same way that Jesus was submissive to the Father. Wives, you've got to seal it sometime. You've got to not carry strife. You've got to walk in what God's called you to walk in. Oh, pastor, that's not fair. Well, there's grace for it. Apply the stripes to your marriage. The stripes of Jesus. I'm standing for healing in my marriage. The kids need to see the grace. The husband needs to have the grace. I had a woman the other day, she said, well, if I have to explain it to him, there's a problem. Now, you know, you try not to laugh because let me just help you. There is a problem. Us guys have to learn. We don't know. When we say we don't know, we don't know. We don't. You have to explain. Well, if I have to explain it to you, 
Forget it. There's a problem here. We really don't know. And when you ask what's on your mind and we say, I don't know. They have found that scientifically that's true. Men can reach a vegetated state and you can ask them what you're thinking and you don't know. Hallelujah for science. <laughs> Ladies, y'all are a much farther advanced relations, you know, in that area than us. <laughs> but you can't afford to have strife in your home. Strife will destroy your home. Then it goes, in the husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding. Giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel, being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Guys, you got to get some understanding. You got to learn some things. You think you're getting into marriage and the things all over. See, she married you and you were Prince Charming. You did everything for her. And then when you got married, two months later, it all stopped. And she's wondering where you're at. What happened? You're on to the next adventure, the conquest. She wants you back. And then he goes on to 1 Peter 3. He says, And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Boy, that's a new one. Oh, that's one of my new favorite verses. If I suffer for righteousness' sake, I'm blessed. You don't hear many people quote that one. Then uh, it comes in. I'm just going down the, the, the chapter there. Don't think it's strange concerning the fiery dart which will try, and try you. Uh, rejoice to the extent you partake in Christ's sufferings. When his glory is revealed, you may also be glad of exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory in God rests upon you. I don't hit. I want the glory, the spirit of glory on me. Suffering, <laughs> refusing to open your mouth when there's a strifeful situation, walking in love and doing righteous acts in a wrong place brings the glory of God on your life. How many want the glory? <laughs> your enthusiasm just underwhelms me. Okay, I'm going to end with this. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, an evildoer, as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. Judgment to begin at the house of God. What's the judgment? Make sure you're not in strife, you're not in envy, the issues of the heart are dealt with, because if you don't, you're not going to walk in grace, you're going to violate the body of Christ, what he did to sacrifice, and Papa's going to come and chasten you, because there's a world he wants to reach, and he wants to reach it through us, so judgment must begin with us. If you'll judge yourself, he won't have to come and judge you, but if you don't, he's coming to chasten you. This stuff about a lightning bolt and God's going to take you out is not true. 
I heard it for years. Judgment must start in the house of God. Judgment is coming. He's going to kill us. It's going to be Ananias and Sapphira. How many ever lied to God? I'd be Ananias and Sapphira. Well, Pastor, it's different. They, they, they lied to apostles. You're lying to God. Well, he knows my heart. Yes, he knows your heart. That's the reason he's taking you out. <laughs> we better take communion. I had to stop because the Lord told me last night that washing of the feet connects with communion. I said, Lord, I'm trying to stop this series and he gave me more. But we're not doing a foot wash. If we ever do a foot washing, there will be a warning several weeks in advance where you can clean your toes and wash your feet and do all that stuff. Because I don't want no foot washing. <laughs> I may not show up to that service. Just kidding. Get the elements out. Thank you. Now I want you to hold up the bread. It said we're to discern the Lord's body. If there is strife in your life, there's division, there's envy, there's bitterness, unforgiveness in your life. Don't let God have to judge you. Judge yourself right now. And tell the Lord you're going to let that go. You're going to let that go. Maybe you're in strife with yourself. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Maybe God's been telling you something over and over and you're in division with Him. And you need to deal with that. Maybe you have been rejected and hurt. Maybe you've been raped. And you need to forgive that person. Maybe you were embarrassed as a child and it stayed with you, that shame and that guilt. Jesus bore that for you. He took that for you. Maybe your heart's been broken. Maybe it's been broke and it's like it can't be repaired. He took your broken heart. He took it for you. He took the abuse. He took the mistreatment. He took it for you. And those stripes, faith in those stripes, the sacrifice will bring healing to your emotions, healing to your past, healing to your present, healing to that relationship. Maybe you and your wife are walking in continual strife. Just declared by the stripes of Jesus. I will not walk in strife. I will not be offended. It's hard to have an argument by yourself. 
and you walked in the love of God, the peace of God, the strength of the Lord. You are good enough because He makes you good enough. You have what it takes because He gave you what it takes to make it. You're not a nobody, you're a somebody. And He will take your mess and He will turn it into something beautiful. But you can't do it your way. You've got to do it His way. You've got to surrender your life and your heart to Him. Those stripes, they go deeper than the physical body. They go to the heart, the heart issues. The heart issues. There's somebody here that you're afraid You're afraid to talk to your own father, your natural father. And it's caused you to even be afraid to talk to the Lord. The Lord says, you've talked to me about your father. I'll heal your heart. And you can go to him and bring life and bring peace. Because he does love you, even though he's never said he loved you. He does love you. Even though he's seemed hard and cruel at times, he does love you. He just doesn't know how to love in the right way. But I know how to reach his heart. I know how to touch him. I know how to reach him. And it'll be through your prayers and through you reaching him and touching him. The Lord said, write a letter. Write a letter. Don't go to him face to face. Because as you know, you'll not say it the right way. Write it in a letter. I will put my presence anointing as you write this thing. And it will touch his heart. And he will call you. And he will open up his heart to you. Jesus, thank you. Who has pain in their body right now? Just lift your hand if you have pain in your body. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the stripes, we believe right now for your divine healing power to touch every person. You said it was provided for at the cross. So right now, we apply the stripes of Jesus to our physical bodies. And I command all the pain to leave each and every person now in Jesus' name. Each and every person now. Pain go. Life and health come now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's partake of the bread. Now. If the pain, check yourself, if the pain left your body, I want you to hold your hand up. I want you to stand up. Pain left your body. The Lord told me he was going to do this as a demonstration to show you the power of the covenant. He was going to heal.
There's some others that the pain is leaving that's less now. If you check yourself, it's gone. Thank you, Lord. It's another one. Pain has left your body. Pain just left your back. Pain just left your hip. Pain just left your foot. That's you. Just stand up. Just receive it. Just receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everybody just stretch your hands towards these. See, we're all, we're all the same. Something special about them. We're all special. We're all in this thing together. Somebody said condemnation by going to the doctor. It's crazy. Forget it. Paul carried Luke with him, a physician. I tell you why. He got stoned, he got clobbered so much that Luke ministered to him. He put some band-aids on him. <laughs> he ministered to him. It's not a lack of faith in God being a healer. For each and every person here, we believe for that healing, Lord, that the pain is left. We believe that it stays, that they keep it. The same power, the same covenant that brought it, they keep it. And it's theirs. And we thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you honor and glory and praise. Jesus, mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord thanks. Now, we, we want your testimony afterwards. We can share and tell what the Lord has done. And those that uh, the pain did not leave, we'll have prayer partners here. I believe you can still receive. It's yours. It's ours. You can have it. Hold up the cup. The Bible says... After the part I read it, it says, even young people be submitted to your elders or honor your mom, dad, those in authority over you, the young people. You want things to go right in your life and you're a young person? You need to honor the authority in your life because God said he has them there for a minister for your benefit. You know what you do when you dismiss your parents or those in authority in your life, you're dismissing the blessing of the Lord in your life. I want every young person in this place to stand up if you're under 20. <laughs> I'm a young person too. This is for you, your parents, those in authority over you are there as a minister of God to cause you to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Listen to them. Submit yourself to them and watch the way your life will flow and go because God will bring increase. He will bring multiplication. But when you dismiss the blessing of the Lord, look out because there's an enemy there who wants to take you out and who will still kill and destroy. So take this from the Lord. He loves you. He wants to bless you. Walk in submission. Keep your mouth shut when you disagree. Let your voice be heard when you agree. Pray for your parents. Lift them up 
and God, the righteous one, will speak to them in your behalf. This is God's order. This is God's way to be blessed in the supernatural way. Because many have gone and many have sought to run and do their own thing. But God says, I want my children, I want my kids to be blessed. I want them to have the best. I want them to bypass the misery and the devastation of what the enemy has planned for each and every person in this world. has something better for you. The blood of Jesus, judgment has come and it came on Jesus. And people say, God is going to judge this world. I have good news. He did. He did in Jesus Christ. Yes, there is those, when this thing's over, there's a judgment coming. All those that rejected the judgment that came on Christ. But we're not to be a part of that. Let's partake of the blood. The blood of Jesus. You can be seated. The blood of Jesus. Now this is for some men. Real quick. You want a godly legacy in your home. I want you to stand up. You want a godly legacy in your home. And I'm going to say this with love in my heart. But this is what the Lord told me. It's time to rise up and get with it. It's time to rise up and get with it. It's time to be the man that God's called you to be. It's time to rise up and carry the banner of faith and be that one that sets the example and leads the way that others can follow because a legacy is made through those that will lead the way courageously unhindered but fully devoted to the Lord and I've called each of you men to rise up and this is this is what he said that if you will ask him he will give you a holy kick in the rear now God speaks men they're And he will give you the passion and the drive to do what I just talked about. That's we can't do it on our own. We can't do marriage on our own. It takes God. I mean, I look at, I do counseling, males and females. We're different. We're different. It takes God. It takes God. It takes God to be a godly man and to raise up a legacy of faith. It takes courageous men say I'm following him no matter what so if you want the holy kick just raise your hands and this is with a, a warning I don't know how it will come you know, I, or when just if you mean this from your heart 
He's going to give it to you, and He's going to light your fire. It's going to be a spiritual difference in your life. You're going to see your wife differently. You're going to see yourself differently. Everything's going to be different. Just repeat this after me. Father, I come to you as a father, as a man of God, fully devoted, who loves you. But I need a holy kick to get me going because I want a legacy. I want to leave a foundation of faith. I want to lead a life that others can follow. I want to raise people up. I want to be a blessing. I want to see lives changed. And I want to be an agent of that change. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I give you thanks for it. I give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord thanks. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.